Greetings, travelers. My name is Nick Murphy. And my name is Satchel Drakes. Sup? And welcome to the Cinephilia Anonymous telecast. We're going to take you on an interstellar adventure through the darkest corners of your mind to unlock your hidden passion for cinema. Cinema, 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 cinema. We're back. <laughs> How you doing, dude? I'm doing very well. Chilling Good. out on this fine evening. Had myself, I had myself a Earl Grey cider just now. Um, oh, our friends, wait, what? our friends Paul and Jen visit over the weekend, and I had them have a little taste of it, and they enjoyed it too. Yes, it is an Earl Grey cider, and it, it's a cider that tastes like Earl Grey tea, and it's six point seven percent, and it's wonderful. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it's some real chill going on. Um, so that's my life, and then designing stuff. Making stuff look pretty. How about yourself? What's going on? Uh, nothing. Uh, just working on secret projects. And, Ooh. Uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, I saw Avengers today. Ooh. So, okay. I, I have, I didn't see any of the trailers. I was like, I'll probably think it's harmless. What is, what's the deal? What is the it's verdict? Great. It's great. It's great, man. It's very good. I enjoyed it immensely. How did they um, handle sort of letting everybody touch the rock, you know? Yeah, dude, you know, I thought that would be an issue. And I think that's a, everyone's kind of like question about it was like how there's, tw- you know, two dozen characters. How are you going to give everybody ample screen time and, and have them be impactful? But uh, they pulled it off, man. They do it. It's it's really interesting. All, everybody has like some good scenes and everybody has these meaningful moments. It's really funny. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, it's great. I loved it. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. man. I feel that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it'll be a good one. Did you Did you like uh, Thor Ragnarok? Yes, I did. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like that kind of like comedy kind of sense and it's almost like another guardians of the galaxy where it's just like fun everybody has like some quips that they do um there's like some great moments and people take the piss out of them by cracking a joke and it's 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 just fun i just had a great time okay yeah i'm i'm um that that has persuaded me to give it i was i was i was on the uh i was on the fence about waiting for vhs but yeah, I'd be willing to go in and check that out. Uh, no, it's it's definitely worth definitely worth fifteen bucks. Who would you say like dominates the arc? Ooh, is that a spoiler? Um, question? People are too sensitive about spoilers. Like, no, no, I, I think like, uh, like for example, the Avengers is kind of like the reckoning of Iron Man. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> this this has a lot of resolution of that. Um, you know, Tony's a big part of it. Um, Thor has a lot to do in it and uh it's surprisingly like the thanos the main villain he he's he's got there's some there's some depth that they bring to his character which is cool he's not just kind of like big bad and impending doom there's 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 some heart and some story there and yeah man um trying to think who like steals the show uh it's it's so crazy because everybody everybody steals whatever scene they're in <laughs> you know like nobody kind of like disappears into the back there everyone just has like a moment and <laughs> you're like oh that's my favorite scene in the movie and then it goes to the next scene and that scene ends and you're like oh that's my new favorite scene right there 
<laughs> yeah, it's good shit. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, we should dive into our film for this episode, which is Moon. Yeah, you know, it's funny now. So when you had mentioned checking this out, now everyone in podcast land knows Nick, Nick recommended this. Um, it wasn't until I actually did a little bit of research after watching it and sort of having my world torn apart that I'm looking at the movie poster and I'm like, oh, that film. Like, I've yeah. seen this everywhere. I've seen this art everywhere. I want this hanging in my room now. Like, Oh, that yeah. was that was easily the most claustrophobic experience I have ever had, like, other than Buried, which I didn't even have a claustrophobic experience with, because there was something in between the tension of unknown and, like, getting this looming feeling of trappedness that yeah. just totally had my chest tight and just had me breathing like <gasps> you know yeah, it's very <laughs> yeah for for a movie set in space you're definitely like gasping for air yeah and some room to breathe <laughs> definitely yeah it, it, i'm trying to think of like another movie that that felt like contained like this uh like room felt that for me but room kind of takes you out of the room for a bit like room the the Oscar winning room. Right. Not the room. Not not the room. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, and you know what too? It's it's I mean, kudos shout out to the production designers because like the sets in there were incredible. Oh, they were so beautiful. Like it was and it was and like for the time, what is that, two thousand and nine? Yeah. For two for two thousand and nine, that like melding of of practical and CG was like very, very tasteful. Yeah. You know, I was, I was looking at, um, some of the exteriors and, and, and I want to, I, I feel like they were like miniatures almost with like some effects kind of laid in there to, to add to it. Cause everything felt, everything felt really small and far away, but purposeful. Yeah. It wasn't like they were, I knew they were shooting miniatures. It's like, I'm like watching it. I'm like, how did they get that shot? Like it just looks, so good. Yeah. There were so many photography moments in this. Um, I was in a constant state of like grabbing screenshots. Um, a, a lot of it just around like the tech that they used and, um, and then also sort of like the, the planetary kind of shots that they had as well. Even the opener was very, very beautiful, uh, where you sort yeah. of like see earth from the perspective of the moon. I thought that was like, uh, I thought that was a really cool choice. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so here's some basic facts about this movie. It was directed by Duncan Jones, who is David Bowie's son. Uh, Whoa! Didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, man. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, he came up with a story, but it was written by another screenwriter. Uh, it stars Sam Rockwell, uh, Kevin Spacey, uh, and a few other people with considerably smaller roles than our boy Sam who plays like five different characters. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> Wait, five. Well, well yeah, yeah, no, I, kind, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, yeah I know what you mean. I mean yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of how to, um, it was like, this was essentially, movie. it was a tasteful nutty professor. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a thing in here about, uh, uh, multiplicity. Did you ever see that? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very much that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I was trying to think of a way to explain, uh, to, to pitch someone or, or sell someone on this movie without giving away everything. Uh, no would, way, was, no way. You got to yeah, just tell them to go like, in. Yeah, it's, it's about an astronaut who works on a space station on the moon and it's about his life up there. But even that just makes it sound like, well, sometimes he rides upside down <laughs> because there's no yeah. graphic, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Um, but there's, you can't even like describe it without giving away too much. No, no, you can't. You really just have to let it unfold. I was really happy going in blind and I wouldn't want to take that from anybody. Oh, awesome, um, man. What would, yeah, what was your impression? This was your first time watching it. What was kind of your impression? Uh, so going in, you had no idea. Going in, I had no idea. Um, when it started out and I'm sort of seeing this man operating solo with a, a very conversational, clearly like futuristically intelligent robot that's, that's like practically inserted into like the film I'm thinking about Interstellar, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sort of seeing like, oh, they like gleaned this maybe from here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're um, definitely seeing uh, now things from from current contemporary things like taking from this. Like, there's a a comedy show, as co- animated sci-fi comedy on TBS called Final or Final Space, and uh, it's funny. He has a robot friend, and he's like, "I'm here to make sure you don't go insane," and that's pretty much what Gertie is set up to do. Gertie being the robot, yeah. Um, and, and, to, and to run the day-to-day operations of it. Le, you know, let's talk about Gertie because I really loved his sort of place in everything. Um, it, 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 I really want to say it wasn't until like midway, like act two that I realized, oh, that's Kevin Spacey. And yeah, that's like the perfect voice for, um, for a robot, in my opinion. Just that whole, he, he captures that sort of deadpan timbre that actually had me very suspicious about how he would play into the plot i was yes i at first i thought like you know he was going to operate in this sort of uh malicious secrecy yeah and like like, um, be like i cannot do that (laughs) or even like a uh auto from um from wally like the ship yeah automation thing that turns bad guy kind of thing yeah, it's got to be hard as an actor to play that that straight and not put emotions and put inflections on things and really just be give like a very neutral read. I I loved the killer design because, you know, as a sort of like human interface designer, the idea of having this kind of deadpan robot like make this individual like up in space, isolate, like we're social animals, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the decisions to go in, the decisions that have to be made in like the design of this robot to like keep someone from going insane, right. like for one, the idea of the, obviously it's very, it's very smart and it's very complex because of the conversational language that it has. Um, but also the LCD on the front that showed the faces. Yeah. For one, it 100% played into the best kind of like comic relief. 
right, um, right that you needed exactly. but also especially now it's sort of like the age of like where we pair emojis with everything like it was really cool to see all the different things that they had but also just that necessity of needing that context when commands are given and things like that i thought was a great way of uh adding to the humanity of a of a char- I mean, of a character that's not human yeah um, totally it definitely gave like a personification to this you know inanimate object for lack of a better term for it yeah um and yeah the emoji <laughs> like i'm calling them emojis now yeah because, they like, are yeah <laughs> that's what we call them now but like uh you know like when i when i remember when i first saw this i, I remember being like wow that's really cool it gives him a character especially when he's like using the thinking emojis like hmm yeah and he'll like answer happy and 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 it's funny because in the read i think if you just heard the audio it wouldn't you it wouldn't read as happy that. yeah yeah at all <laughs> yeah i feel like that's a good directorial choice like it's like you need that to to so he does like you were saying so he doesn't come off as menacing all the time right and then also like the, it was amazing to see the conspiring that was going on and yeah the, and and Meaning the conspiring with, uh, mm-hmm. what's the name of who's, who Sam Rockwell uh, plays? Sam, Sam. His oh, it's still Sam. Sam. Yeah, too. Sam yeah, Bell. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, like him conspiring with Sam Bell and revealing information to Sam Bell in the audience and, you know, even kind of planning in the end, like, hey, like, I've recorded all of the stuff that you've done that you shouldn't be doing. Like, why don't you just erase it, you know? Yeah. And I'll restart. Like, uh, that was such an unexpected turn. Yes. Um, especially given how guarded, uh, he was in the beginning when, you know, his direct orders were to keep Sam inside. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's, you get the sense that, that this AI, this robot cares for Sam, but really it's just probably just a line of code that's just, I think it's designed to give a damn about Sam Bell safe. Yeah. And, and and everything is like that's like almost like it's prime directive and every it will do anything to to do that. And at first it's keep him safe by not giving him information and then it's like okay, he knows a ton of information. Now we need to keep him safe. And even when there's two Sam Bells that start to contradict each other, <laughs> you know, which one wins out and and ultimately it's like this greater good kind of thing wins out for this AI. It's really interesting. I love that they never explicitly address they never ha- there's never and this is this added to sort of the ominous vibe that sucked me in and also kept me very anxious mm-hmm. they never both sams never directly address the fact that they're clones to each other with right. like surprise or anything like like, like it, it almost felt like uh the sort of I, you can't really call him an original Sam, knowing what we know. But the more original Sam, the the previous right. Sam, the first one, yeah, um, the first one, yeah, we're like the, to. the first one we're introduced to. He, it's almost like he just knew and like didn't really. He was waiting for him to find it. He's like, oh, you finally figured that out. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, it seems like the new Sam that came along like had more info than the dying Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and th- that was really interesting. And it- it's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, Sam Rockwell's performance alone is incredible in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole the whole movie comes off as if it were a play. 
You know, it's it's minimal characters, minimal sets, minimal sequences, just all dialogue and and each one is trying to like dominate the other and trying to to win out information um and it really is just like this verbal sparring match that they keep going back and forth with. Uh, I just I was just like captivated by him. It made me like fall in love with him like all over again. I was like, "Oh my god, I love Sam Rockwell." That's totally fair. I I was yeah. captivated by the I guess playing with someone's sense of purpose, mm-hmm. like finding out that, you know, the thing that he's been waiting three years for isn't even his. Right. Is kind of like, it's really eerie, you know? And it was also interesting to see that upon both of them realizing that there was no interest in tearing each other apart. Yeah, like that's um, that's my wife, or I think they all just realized that they were of the same construct, but not the, not the. I think, yeah, like they knew right from like the get go, almost. Like they have a little conversation about who's the real one, and they go back and forth like I'm the real one, I'm the real one. Yeah, but then it's it wasn't. I think once they accepted that, they they weren't just like. Well, I'm gonna go home and marry her. It was, it was, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. It was just like I'm gonna go home and be free. Yeah, was like more of the the underlying drive there. That makes me wonder in the story, like, was there considering that there was a Sam on Earth fathering his child? Like, was was that the first Sam, or did they create a version of Sam that decided to volunteer for this effort? Right. So I I think what happened so um. I have this tendency to watch uh, some movies with the closed caption on, yeah. Um, just because I find it easier, especially if I had to know, turn Desmond's. it on for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it, it just makes me under like interpret their dialogue, and it, and it makes me pay attention, so I'm not like distracted, which is really nice. Um, but in the closed captions, it says when you hear him when he's making that call to uh, his daughter, it says original Sam. Oh, so I don't know if that's just like closed captioning interpreting that or if that was in the script and it's kind of like leaked out from that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which is like true versus like a an accident that's causing new hypothesis. So so if if we're taking like that as the original Sam and he continued to live his life, like did he give his DNA up to make this uh program possible you know yeah i love that they don't explain the flash what what flash what do you mean when he goes through the tapes and he finds like three or four instances of him climbing inside of that white coffin oh yeah they say hey this is your pod it's gonna send you home and then there's a flash yeah like i just i don't know i assumed like insta death ray yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Because I think doesn't doesn't he like touch like a spout and there's just like dust? I, that's what I got from it. I don't know if that was I don't know if that was supposed to be like dust as if it's been here a long time or dust like ash yeah. from like all the zapping. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they never are like I do this is the death yeah. ray and this does this right. This does this. You do yeah. assume like for me, I assumed I was like, oh well, I know that's not a pod. Right. Right. <laughs> It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like when I love that he keeps getting these weird glitches of the other Sam's 
you know, initially like he sees them like deteriorating and sees them older. Like I like that idea that they um, have this kind of lifespan. Right. That they're and the, like in, in human ingenuity, in the, the history of human ingenuity, like, okay, we can make clones, but they last like three years. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a planned obsolescence or if it's, this is the best we can do. And after three years, they just like a Blade Runner thing where they just fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. That was really um, interesting. So kind of like building on that lore, um, uh, Duncan Jones made a new movie uh, for Netflix called Mute. And in there, there's a little cameo from Sam Rockwell. Uh, the One of the main characters of the show of, of the film is looking at this um, TV screen and there's a trial being broadcast and it's, it's the trial of Sam Bell versus Sam Bell. Oh shit. So they're in the, in the clip, they're like arguing like, well, it's like, Oh, Mr. Bell, do you want to stand? And then it's the same kind of thing they were doing on the thing. It's like, well, I'm Sam Bell. Well, I'm Sam Bell. And there's like three or four other ones. So I wonder if like the original is on trial and one of the clones made it back and now it got out and they're, exposing this it, it was a cool little like world building thing where it's like oh wow this is all part of like the shared universe whoa wait is mute yeah. at all related to moon or other than it takes place in the future and that clip wow yeah oh and you know what too in, in mute there's a couple posters that's that say like free sam bell like oh shoot kind of i want to check yeah. that out i'm gonna try to find that on youtube it's cool mute is pretty interesting i i enjoyed it i i I feel like it kind of like meandered a little bit, um, but there was a lot that I liked about it. So I think I, I want to give it a second viewing and really kind of like define, give it, get a definite sense of whether I liked it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes when you're watching some of the first for the first time, you're kind of just trying to take it all in, and you wind up like missing some key things. So I want to like revisit that and see how it holds up on a second viewing. That's that's totally fair. I can't wait to look that up. I'm so like sucked into this universe. And so I I would love to talk about the ending. Like Yeah, yeah, let's like, do it. Like yeah. uh there was this part of me that almost like was like, "Ooh, like pick one way. Like either he ships off into Earth and you cut off there or like show me what happens when he lands because when like when they play those clips uh, of of him like sort of exposing like oh at what they they have like these news these news clips actually i was talking with somebody just now about this and they were saying that when they saw it in the theaters they don't remember that playing i don't know if you can fact check that or not but oh yeah um, I know. at least watching it on netflix the way that it worked is when his pod is shipping out to earth they start playing these audio clips from mm-hmm. like the news it's like this little collage that's sort of like uh yeah uh sam bell's clone exposes whatever and uh yeah you know people saying oh well that's bs like we don't believe it and all the debates around it and it makes me think like whoa like can he just get away with that like i have to imagine like providing helium three for power for the entire planet is like a government level situation like what i want to know more about this universe now you know like yeah it's really cool because it really builds up a whole yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of cool to have uh, a, a movie set in like uh, for for you know more or less one room um, have this global impact. That that's a really cool idea. Yeah, that probably that that yeah, I think that could have easily been explored and 
I would, yeah, I would love to see that impact on it. Yeah, even just knowing how many other people are harvesting helium three. Well, like, yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Like, are there multiple stations, or is it yeah. just this one station? It, like, um, it can't be just one for like the whole world. Like, it makes me yeah. wonder. Maybe there's like a bunch all over, and it's all just like like regenerating clones of real people. Yeah, working all the yeah, time. You know what? I I remember like one wide shot of the 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 full moon, like the the entire surface. Like, I remember there being like a couple like checkerboard pattern like spots like you know when you're like flying over farmland you see all those like checker yeah. kind of things i i remember i definitely remember a shot like that so it makes me wonder if like pausing that like you could um identify that or if it's just like okay well now we're going to this we're going to go mine sector five and now we're going to go mine sector seven or if it's just like one station doing multiple things i don't know yeah it also makes me think about it. Ha- it gives me this District Nine effect of like, hey, like here's what the f- here's how the future and modern darkness collide. Where yeah, it's like, oh yeah, if we mastered clone technology, I mean, yeah, we would just put people to work, right? We yeah, just we, we would, just they, make people, yeah, yeah. We make make people to 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 work for free, basically. Yeah, that's, that's what got me wondering. I've been watching uh, Westworld a lot recently. So, well, like when we get to the point of clones or like uh, AI that have bodies and look like us and think like us, like at what point do they get the same like rights as us? You know? Yeah. Right. Do, do we get to? Do, did you ever see Bicentennial Man? A long time ago. Yeah, it's like Robin Williams is a robot, and I remember the end of the movie. He's like fighting for his right to marry this woman that he fell in love with. And they don't, they won't recognize him as a human. So they won't grant him the right to marry basically. Right. Uh, so like it, it, when I see stuff like this, it makes me want to extrapolate and, and wonder like at what point <laughs> does uh, something artificial that we grow. The moment. Create, okay. Google becomes self-aware. We're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Self-awareness uh-huh. is where there's a problem because we do not have a decorated track record for any self-aware artificial intelligence to want to serve or protect us mm-hmm. at all. Like it's literally an iRobot situation. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, in terms of like this movie, like I feel like if you're if you're cloning a person, that they wouldn't have like the same rights as a person. They would. You mean legislatively? You think we'd get there? I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, if, no, uh, we wouldn't. Humanity, we wouldn't. You think it'd be like? I think we'd be pretty be like aware. Rig- religious should... conflict. Say what? You think it'd be like a religious conflict? We would that. That that wouldn't happen, that it would be like... I think liberals and conservatives would be unanimous on not allowing robots to be able to do, like... To not be recognized as, like... As voters. Yeah, as voters, (laughs) as things that require rights, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, man. that's That's what I love about science fiction. It really makes you question... Uh, the world you live in it's such a, it's such a cool medium to to tell a, to tell a present uh allegory you know mm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like my favorite kind of sci-fi shows that just like that, just, that outer limits yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah, totally, man. Like the black mirror kind of thing where you're like, Oh yeah, this is great. Technology is great, but we need to check ourselves yeah. and be better people first. And given the headlines lately, we're definitely not. Oh that. yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's on us, man. I mean, we don't we don't read the end user license agreement ever. And that's Oh yeah. That's yeah. literally that's where they get us every time. Right. Like I don't think we're gonna see a renaissance with that, you know? You don't think there'll be some kind of um uh like a simplification of it? Like think about like the Creative Commons kind of thing. There there's been this online simplification of the breakdown of like rights usage, you know, it's true. The skeptical part of me is like, there's too much money to be made. And as long as there are lawyers, there's fine print. Like, right. So there's always going to be that space because creative commons can choose to do that, but nobody can police that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, thank goodness we have this kind of situation. Right. But that's not to say, I mean, maybe like, you know, Zuckerberg falling under fire of Congress is this weird situation where on one end, there were a lot of very compelling arguments that did expose how terrible uh, his end user license agreement is. But at the same time, there were also a lot of representatives who were sort of like, uh, yeah, like the, the whole thing was essentially a joke where they're just like, oh yeah, like, Facebook, like, yeah, my daughter taught me how to use this. Like, they still don't yeah. take it seriously. They still don't see well, they don't what take it, it seriously is. And they don't understand it. Yeah, either. exactly. They don't understand like, it. And have, it's like... Warren Hatch being like, so how do you make money? You know? Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, where Mark has to be like, well, Senator, we make it running ads. Yeah. Like, you know, so... Uh, or like Lindsey Graham asking about... uh is Twitter a competitor to you? <laughs> like, right. All of on, these guys. things. Yeah. There's it's such a there's such a mixed literacy. And it's like, okay, so it seems like we have to wait until they all die for us to actually get proper accountability. Like we have to wait till people our age are in their seats. Right. In order for Mark to be under proper accountability. But at that point, Mark has lifelong data on all of those people (laughs) right right and what does that mean you know what i mean like yeah it makes you think about all the things that you're putting out there and i mean like just your location in general like people they're tracking your your location your habits your um things that make you happy sad it's 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 a lot of scary stuff if you can like extrapolate that data yeah it's a lot it's definitely a lot Oh, man. <laughs> but I mean, this movie is pure example that a big corporation wouldn't do something shitty given the <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> I mean, oh like you, you see it in there. Like when, when Gertie's on that conference call and they're just like telling Gertie to keep him in the dark until. Oh, an, I an need to go back team. and listen to that line. I need to yeah, go they're back. basically telling him to keep him in on the ship until this, this cleanup crew comes in and just will, will kill both of them and just restart the process all over again. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Now that, that really does make me wonder about Gertie's 
like, uh, not self-awareness, but his, I guess just his intellect, because he's clearly witnessed like new replacements before. And he's clearly facilitated that process. Yeah. We don't know what number we're on right now. Yeah. And that makes me wonder, Ooh, actually what's the significance of the faces? You saw that in it's, it's, it pops up in the film a couple times where he draws faces on this metal wall. Oh yeah. The smileys. Yeah. I don't know. I was wondering if that was, if that was just a, uh, I just want to like make a, sure that wasn't him keeping count. I didn't. That, catch yeah, it. I didn't know if it was a timekeeping thing or like a mood tracking thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Just wondering. I just thought I would throw that out there. Um, but no, that's interesting. But yeah, it it is interesting that Gertie, like, he clearly knows what the situation is, but decides for whatever reason to reveal the truth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Still cool. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Um, one thing I really liked was uh, Duncan Jones's like directing choices. Um, just like giving uh, each Sam a like an identifying thing so that the audience could keep track of them. You know, you've like sick old Sam who has like a burn on his hand and is slowly falling apart. And then like new Sam is like cocky. You know, and has like he's wearing like those sunglasses sometimes. Um, yeah, whereas, like, old, yeah. Old <laughs> Sam is kind of like like a little more zen, a little more like controlled. He's not like hot tempered, and it's cool because it made me wonder from a story aspect: is that um, is that just like variations in the cloning process, or is that um, like they all start out cocky, and then by the end of three years, they're kind of like broken down and and, <laughs> and and just fine with the situation. You That's know? interesting. Yeah, almost yeah. if there's like a freshness. I did right. notice like one Sam is like literally glowing and the other yeah. Sam is like pale and dying. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so there definitely is like some intentional, clear communication of a fresher Sam and one that's seen some stuff. Yeah, and it's cool because it, it's it's a thing. It's a... It's an audience um, identifying the tracking thing, but then yeah, I think you can. There could be story elements that you could glean from that too. It, it seems really it's it's an interesting choice, and I th- it's one of those things. that's like oh, well, that works on a lot of levels. That's really really smart. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. And then um, there's one of the. I want I this down. poster in my room. Gosh, the the black one. With Actually, maybe I can find a vinyl off. of the soundtrack. The soundtrack was. Uh, the soundtrack's good. It's uh, a yeah. Clint Mansell. He did uh, the Fountain and a whole bunch of other stuff. It really, it was cool. It definitely had like a theme that you could hear, which was cool. Yeah, he did like Requiem for a Dream and stuff. Yeah, he's he's he good. Um, which poster that the one of like the circle, the circles. Yeah, yeah, the circles yeah. coming out. It's really cool. It's so good. I really liked the the setting of the 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 station. Um, it was cool because it, it it seemed it was an inverse to other space station movies like like Gravity or or Apollo thirteen where everything looks white and crisp and and clean and sterile. This looked like dirty and grungy, and and then by the time there was like another Sam and and you you under I, when you understand 
what's happening, I was like, oh man, that's why it looks so lived in because he's not just doing his three-year stint here. He's been here. Right. Some version of him has been here for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just a really, really cool, uh, <laughs> really interesting like note that I maybe like really appreciate the set design and then the, um, and like the props and everything was really interesting. No, that is totally true. Like in my apartment, I have like a bunch of like white, like furniture and stuff. And mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice, you know, when you don't actually have it, but it's a lot of fucking upkeep, man. Dust picks up. Oh, yeah, man. You know? <laughs> uh, dude, even like, I, you know me, man. I love uh, like black as like a color. It's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. But like, yeah, everything just pops up on dust. Like I'm looking at, you know, my desk. I was like, oh my God, so much dust here. Yeah. <laughs> just upkeep in general is tough. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. In that way, it was really cool to sort yeah. of make the place look like a relic. And then there are like post-its and all other sorts of stuff everywhere. Yeah. You know, uh, Gertie has that mug sitting there all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not oh, like man. an Apple ad. Like it's very much like, uh, yeah, it's got that star Wars lived in future. Yeah. Kind of feel. Um, so here was a thought that I had when I, when I was getting ready to rewatch this, um, I was interested to, to, to see what my reaction would be like to watching like a Kevin Spacey movie post all that stuff that happened with him. Like I haven't, I haven't, we obviously haven't seen him in anything since all right. that stuff came out. So yeah. I, w- I was wondering if I could like separate that, you know, if we get into like a artist versus the person. Oh yes. Yes. Kind of thing. Death, of I, the, I was, I was, death of the author. Yeah. And I was wondering if, if that would be like an issue for me and I didn't really, I didn't really think about it until like afterwards. It was like, oh yeah, that was kind of bad, but it didn't, I don't know. It didn't register for me. And maybe that was just like, because it was just his voice and not seeing him on screen. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think, yeah, you know, it was, it all kind of happened in a second where the voice was just really good. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that's Kevin Spacey. And then I was like, oh yeah, he's problematic. And then it's just, you know, yeah. I don't know. And then I just moved on. And like, yeah, it kind of just got I su- thought the same thing. Yeah, I was like, so sucked in. Um, yeah, it was like, ah, that kind of sucks. But this was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the, every, every individual has to gauge like how much that's going to impact like. Like you. What they, yeah. yeah, like what they take in. Especially because right. it was before like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but I think. A lot of it. If you if you were on screen, I think I would. We would be having a bigger conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the mere fact that it was his voice and a uh, a very robotic one at that. Yeah, a very like chill, no personality kind of one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even really think about it. Yeah, because I was thinking like House of Cards is coming back at some point. I'm like, I didn't watch the last season. I'm wondering if I should try to like see it out. See how I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the whole thing yet. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. Yeah. But yeah, this movie was good. It was cool. It was cool when this movie came out because here was a guy making a really interesting science fiction movie when a lot of people were just making big dumb science fiction movies. What came out of that 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 year? Like I feel like there was that's when like the Transformer movies started coming out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like 2007. So yeah, it's kind of around you definitely get like a, ooh, this is cerebral. I'm like, 
I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. It definitely feels like, oh, you know what? We had Cloverfield at the same time, too. That's cool. Ooh, I loved Cloverfield a lot. Oh, me too. Yeah, so good. Um, Ooh, we should yeah, watch man, that. I, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I literally haven't seen that since the theater. That would be really interesting. To... Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. When that movie came out, they did all this, like, ARG stuff, like, leading up to it. and Boy, it like, what's that? What's ARG? Oh, uh, alternate... Uh, Additional reality or alternate reality? ARG. I think it, I think it's additional. It's like when when it's like a like a marketing thing where alternate reality. So you would set up a website based on this, and if you did, oh something yes, on the they website, did, they did. That's like, right. Like yeah, gamey type stuff. It was really really cool, and they did a whole bunch for Cloverfield because Cloverfield came out. Nobody knew anything about it except here's a trailer for a movie. It was <laughs> it was like blop. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was so interesting. Oh man. Now I want all right, now I really want to do that. Maybe we could do like a this and Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, no, there's Ten F- Cloverfield Lane too. Oh my god. Have you seen Cloverfield are we gonna, Paradox? Are we gonna How do was it? a three part episode. I mean, we could. A three, a three in one episode. We could. All those like all those films are very different. And like yeah. there's there's like stuff there. I'm down for that. Let's do that. All right, let's do that. Yeah, we can start with Cloverfield. That's a, that's a big homework assignment, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed Moon. Um, overall, like you would recommend this to someone. You would recommend this to. I would. I definitely want to watch it again. I would. Yeah. It was good to rewatch it. Um, you know, a few years later because I had forgotten some stuff. Even Rebecca was like, "Wait, what? That's with Sam Rockwell, and he's like by himself." And I was like. Yeah, kind. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh it's it's really cool. It's a cool it's a cool good sci-fi on like a low budget but really smart. Really really well done. Yeah. Well, cool. So next time we'll watch some Cloverfield. Yeah, it's very interested in watching my city get torn apart. <laughs> oh. yeah dude that's gotta be a weird experience for you sometimes. <laughs> you're like "Ooh, oh no i know that spot i always think about on the subway i always think about when people got trapped in like with all the rats and stuff and they had to like walk underground and uh. oh, oh yeah oh my god yeah and they have to like walk through the subway yeah from platform to platform oh my god yeah. so crazy terrible that's like when i went to la every time i go to la i'm like I feel like I've been here before, but it's really because this was in this movie and this part was in this movie. Right. And, and this, then this was in Grand and, Theft Auto. And, and this and, is the donut place from the Californication <laughs> music video. <laughs> yeah. And this is where Iron Man is sitting on the donut. Rebecca and I went there. It's good donuts, man. Is it? I've been, I'm yeah. so curious. Yeah. yeah. Good donuts, man. Into it. Well, good stuff. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Where can people find you, Satch? I realize we never do like plugs for Ooh, handles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Satchel Drakes. That's with two L's. So Satchel like a bag with two L's and then Drakes, D-R-A-K-E-S. And on Instagram, it's also Satchel Drakes, but there's a period between Satchel and Drakes. Got to get that SEO working better, man. I know. It's hard. <laughs> Dude, you, it's you hard. have no problem. You have no you – know, <laughs> there are not many Satchel Drakes out there, man. Very true. Good. I wish You're I good. had consistent though. You know, yes, I think I, know. I uh 
I'm the one that took Satchel Drake's, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like took it and lost the account, and Instagram can't help me. And uh, uh, whatever. Anyway. Gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> You're Hey Nick uh, Murphy everywhere, right? Yes. Yeah, so if you want to follow me, it's Hey Nick Murphy everywhere. That's so easy. See? Yeah. Look at that. Jealous. Um, hey, man, you were saying you were doing another podcast, man. You want to give a, give a little pluggy plug for your other podcasts? Wait, I am? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, so I do another podcast. Um, it's Forbes Overworld. Um, we talk about video games at the intersection of like culture and art and psychology and the sciences. And it's a lot of fun and sometimes really weird and sometimes really interesting. And you always come away learning more. So yeah, that's Forbes Overworld. And I do that with, uh, Matt Strummer dude from YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's great. Yeah, you guys do you guys do a good job. I listened to a couple. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I also have a podcast that I do with my friends. Uh, it's called Pretend Friends. It's a Ooh. tabletop type RPG D and D, but we're doing sci-fi and maybe we'll do some fantasy at some point. But uh it's a lot of fun. A lot of goofy fun. But Hell I like yeah. this. I like this podcast the best. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. This is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We will see you guys next term. Bye-bye. Bye bye. The Cinephilia Anonymous telecast is produced by Satchel Drakes and Nick Murphy. Music by Mark Yunker. You can hear more of his music at yunker.ca. That's J-U-N-K-E-R dot C-A. You can follow the telecast on Twitter at C-A Telecast. Subscribe on YouTube at C-A Telecast. Subscribe on iTunes. And check out our website, catelecast.com. I wonder, do I have a snack? to eat i got All ice right. cream you there yeah